To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, where we give you news and views of the NBA and NFL sports world in 30 minutes or less. I am your host, Coach Defense, bringing you back to another classic episode of one of my more popular segments on the network. Episode 36 is going to be no different. And I'm here to tell you that I believe in my heart of hearts, for some reason, my spirit is telling me that this episode, for some strange reason, is going to make y'all mad. I just I just feel it in my spirit. I don't I have no basis for that fact, but I've had to have videos in the past that I've done, you know, honest and and, and contrite and, and concise and fair content, in my opinion. And boy, oh boy, it evokes emotion. Because <laughs> when you get to talk about people's teams, it, it it just invokes some type of emotion from people, and it does. And if they if you say something they don't like, boy, they let me know in the comments. So hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it, man. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, but if you be honest about it, be logical about it, what I tell you here in the next uh, few minutes, it's going to make, it'll make a lot of sense to you in the long haul. Trust me. Trust me on that. But the NBA season is upon us. We are here. Uh, we are literally five to so days away. Tuesday is the, is the starting date. It's going to be like three or four games on the docket. Uh, opening night, Tuesday night. The Lakers is one of them. We got a rematch against the Nuggets. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I almost thought about catching the sports talk or postponing it just so I can watch the game. But I'm a I'ma ride the wave. I'm a I'm gonna be here for you. We're gonna do sports talk on Tuesday, then I'm gonna get to that action with the Lakers and the, and the Nuggets, man. I can't wait for that. But <clears throat> as we get into the NBA season, we're getting ready to gear up for 82 games, buckle in, strap in, and we're gonna ride this wave, right? Uh, I want to talk about the NBA uh as a whole as we go into the season. And what I want to talk about in in jest today is uh is one is two things. Two different topics that I want to get into, and uh, and uh, here we here they are. So I want to talk about the NBA 2023-2024 top 10 headlines and starting five. So I'm going to give you my top 10 headlines for the NBA going into the season, and I'm also going to drop my, my top 10 starting fives in the league from 10 to 1. So I'm going to give you who I think has the best starting fives from 1 to 10 in order. And I'm going to let you know who I feel about got the best starting five. So if your team's not on the list, I got a feeling you're going to be upset. And these headlines might make you ruffle a little feathers too, but it, it will definitely be uh, uh, something that we're going to monitor. And I think I'm going to be right on most of this. So let's get into it. Let's let's just, let's just talk about it, right? So starting off with the top 10 headlines. I'm going to start with the top 10 headlines. So I actually got five and five. I'm going to do five headlines for the Eastern Conference, and I'm going to do five for the Western Conference. And I'm going to explain why I feel these headlines are going to come to fruition. So, starting with the Eastern Conference, right? So, we've had seen a lot of things happen, a lot of things turn over, and a lot of things change uh, when it comes down to the Eastern Conference, especially for the top end teams, right? The teams that were like literally right at, their, at the cusp or in the finals uh, last year. So, I'm going to read this from bottom to top because I think that the bottom headline to the top headline is just getting more and more spicy as you go up. So, for starters, we saw what the Southerners have done uh, in the mix and matching in their uh, shuffling their roster, right? Grant Williams is gone. They traded Marcus Smart. Um, but they also got back Drew Holiday uh, and Christoph Porzingis uh, and to go along with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, Derek White is the only, him and Hull for the only re remaining Celtics of any noteworthiness uh, when it comes down to the idea of uh, them, the team that was uh, highly competitive last season, right? Uh, ultimately losing to the Heat, and he went on to the finals. So two problems I had with this particular setup in this roster, right? 
Not only everybody knows if you want to listen to me on a regular basis that I'm a very big advocate of Jason Tatum. I love Jason Tatum's game. He's a Kobe disciple. I love the kids' game, and I'm just waiting for him to to take that final level, last dragon like step, so he can really take the league by storm. I even talked about him on Tuesday about him being potentially my MVP candidate. However, as a whole, you have to be honest about things and say that that the outfit of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum has not worked when it matters most. And that's scary. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's scary. Uh, and the fact that they seem to flutter and flame out um, when when the chips are down or, or the stakes are high and they get into these knockdown drag on matches with uh, different um, opponents in the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and ultimately it doesn't end well for them. Right, they even made it to, two years ago. They even made it all the way to the finals and lost to the Warriors, a team that you know on paper, talent wise, they were better than. Um, you know, I, I had questions about them getting rid of uh, Emil Doka for whatever reason. You know, I mean, again, we argue that all day and every day, but his personal business should not affect his ability to coach. That's just my personal opinion. But nonetheless, they got Joe Mazzulla now, who's more of an office minded person, and uh, you see the dynamics change with his team based upon how they were coached last year. So you add an aspect of Drew Holiday, who's going to replace Marcus Smart, which I think is a, you know, although he's an older version, I think he, they they won't lose much from that productive standpoint. And they got a true point guard, right? I'm not sure if he's the, you know, air quote, you know, engine or, or facilitating point guard that Marcus Smart was, but they still, you know, we all we just had questions about them having true leading a leader in the room as far as a point guard is concerned. But I think Drew Holiday answers a lot of those questions. Then you go look at Christoph Porzingis, who is truly a uh, 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 coin flip as far as his health. We don't know if he's going to finish 82 games. We don't know if he's going to be hurt for a large part of it. We just don't know. Now, when he's on the court, he's a little bit of a wild card because he's a, a very – when they use the word stretch five, he 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 epitomizes that. Like, he shoots the three. You know, he he's he's a, he can play the post. It's He's, he's, he's a true stretch five. So – he was on the court, he can be productive. But my my issue was this. Void of what those four people I just named do, that I really feel like, what else is there? Because I'm sorry to, to, to sell it to bring it to you, Celtics fans. You need a legit starting five and you need a bench in order to compete in this league and, and, and be able to go far in the playoffs. And I don't think they have it. I really believe that the Celtics are too top heavy to how to compete. I really do. I think when they go up against other teams in the Eastern Conference, especially, namely the Bucs, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, that they're they're not going to be able to compete for seven games. They don't have enough depth. And if they do take an injury to Porzingis or somebody else, God forbid, then they're really going to be up, up the up creep without a paddle, right? So I would believe that unless they figure out a way to kind of manipulate their roster and maybe move some things around and get some more depth, they're going to have some serious questions when they go to their bench every game. And that's and people are going to start to key on that. If you can just ride the wave and and, and kind of uh, get past the the rush of the starting four to five, and let's be real, Jalen Brown and, and Tatum are the most more the scoring threats. Drew is more of a defensive guy, and Porzingis is streaky. So you still didn't really get you didn't get better. You didn't, didn't add. You didn't get better by changing the roster around. You know, it's 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 not addition by subtraction in this situation. You know, but. I, I really believe they're too top heavy at this point to, to compete highly in the, in the league. They'll be good. They'll be in the top four, guaranteed, assuming health. 
but they are not. They're way too top heavy to compete in the top of echelon and against the better teams in the in the conference. I, I I truly believe that. So we're gonna see. But I do believe the Southern are too top heavy to compete. Now the Nets to me are gonna be the surprise team in the East. I think that nobody's paying attention to them. I think their roster is really solid, and they add a couple of pieces in the, in the off season to add depth to this team, which clearly the Celtics lack, right? So you got the guy likes of uh, Dinwiddie, Mikael Bridges was a, a star, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas. You got Dennis Smith Jr., Dory Finney-Smith. You got Lonnie Walker the fourth, you know, and Darius and Darius Baisley. You know, just just the you know, of course, you know Ben Simmons is in that mode too, but we don't know what he's going to be. But void of that, I really believe this team going to shock a lot of people. And and really, while everybody else is kind of floundering and flipping and trying to figure out things. They're going to be constantly uh, winning basketball games. So I think they really could be in the top five, if not higher, um, in the in Eastern Conference, depending on what the Celtics and other teams do. And that leads me to my next point. The Cavs, the Knicks, and the Heat really didn't change anything with their rosters. And I really think we understand who they are and what they are at this point. And I like to be, I like to say because the Heat's missed out on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes, they're, going, they're, they're worse off by losing Max Struess and, and Gabe Vincent. So they're going to regress naturally because they just don't have the talent to sustain what they've been doing. Now, they could go in their bag and find these no-name guys that ultimately uh, will uh, pop for them like they have in the past, but that's that's not a that's not a sustainable model. I mean, you they've gotten very lucky by developing guys that we don't we don't really know about early on. But how often is Lightning going to keep striking with that? So I do believe the Cavs, uh, the Knicks, and the Heat were all going to regress this year. I think they're going to be Push down more so in the standings than we than we normally expect them to be because they're probably middle tier. I'm probably you're probably looking at four, five, six, maybe three, four, five, um, in 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 the couple of years past. But I think that we've clearly seen what the Knicks and the Cavs ceiling is, and I don't think they're going to see that. I think they actually might because of the more competitive nature that's going to be the Eastern Conference this year, in my opinion. That they're gonna they're gonna take us some some steps back, and I think they're gonna regress to a lower tier seed. They're still making playoffs, they'll still be there at the end, but I do believe that they're all three of those teams are gonna regress, and we're not gonna see any uh, unseating of the top dogs by those three teams, in my opinion. Next up is the is the is the 76ers, and I really think they're gonna take major steps back because their roster's unsettled. This James Harden business and this 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 issue with Daryl Moore and I want to be traded is not going away, and they uh, don't know. One way or the other, what they're doing with their roster. And I'm sure it's very unsettling for Nick Nurse being a new coach. We don't know if James Harden's going to play. We don't know if he's not. We don't know if he's, he's trading for, trading him away and who we're getting. They, they don't have a lot of uncertainty. They play preseason games and all that already, and they just don't know exactly what their roster will look like. And I think that until they resolve this James Harden issue, and they have to do it sooner than later to kind of salvage their roster and their team, that it, the longer that lingers, the worse all the sentences is going to be. And it just doesn't seem like, from a negotiation standpoint, that Maury and the Clippers, who have been mainly the ones talking with each other, are are, are at a, are closely getting a deal done. I think Maury wants more than the Clippers are willing to give and vice versa. So I believe that um, that they uh, definitely are, are, are going to have uh, some major growing pains. In a sense, and I am not even call it grumpy. It's just maybe turmoil, maybe it's drama, because again, you 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 missing your air quote second best player, and B and and the rest of the group. I mean, I mean him and Terry's man. I just don't think they can get it done alone. Now, granted, I think Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach. I think he's gonna try to get the best out of these boys, but I just think it's too noisy. 
uh, from a from a controversy standpoint to say that they're going to be any good this year. I mean, I really I really think they're going to take steps back, and I think they're going to be a troubled organization and franchise for the next year if they don't get the James Harden thing resolved ASAP. And lastly, for the Eastern Conference, I think this is really the Bucks to lose by acquiring Damian Lillard and not really giving up much of anything else as far as the core is concerned. You only had to part with Drew Holiday. Um, and then you added campaign on top of that, former point guard, backup point guard for the Suns. It's it, it, to kind of backfill that. So you got you got a, a, a scoring point guard and a facilitating point guard uh, to add to this already stacked roster. I was on. I was big on them being the number one seed before the trade, and now they got Damian Lillard. It just makes it even more makes me double down even further to say that it, it's their it's their division or conference to lose. I do believe that. And again, this is all, you know, everything equal and them being healthy throughout. But I think that if they are healthy from start to finish, for sure, that they go be the number one seed. And it's not even close. Not even close. But we'll see how things shake out for the Eastern Conference. And let's talk about the West. And the Western Conference is interesting as well. Now, I'll start at the bottom again with this particular uh, outfit. Now, I talked about this a little bit on Sports Talk on Tuesday. And I'm going to reiterate it here. I don't think this Warriors roster is going to work. I don't. I really think that Chris Paul and 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 Steph Curry, along with Draymond Green, don't really like each other personally, uh, and I don't think that the front office and the coaches really get that or really understand it and really don't really don't believe that that's a deal breaker. When I do, I believe that again, if you are if you have personal issues with a person and you work with them, a regular job or sports, sooner or later, our issues are going to come to come to pass. And it's not going to, especially with the way the West is designed at this moment, I really believe that the Warriors are in for it this year. I really do. And that sucks because I love Steph Curry and love Kate Thompson. I can, you know, I, I had my issues back and forth with Draymond. I kind of tolerate him. But I do believe that this Warriors roster with Chris Paul on it, it's not going to work. And, I, and, and it's crazy to me that they traded Jordan Poole away for this same particular issue. You traded Jordan Poole away to get him away because he, him and Draymond didn't vibe. And that whole incident with the punch and all that good stuff, you know, uh, fractured the, ro- the locker room. And you're going to bring in another guy who has a, hist- a bad history of bad blood with guys in, in your nucleus again. I just, you trade one problem for the other. And older than that, older and brittle and unhealthy person in Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul when he's healthy. But... They'll be on the team, and they're going to smile and, and play nice. But when they, if they start losing any clip, the issues are going to come out. Mark my words. Mark my words. Now, I talked about the Celtics being top-heavy. I believe the Suns are t- too top-heavy as well. And I'm not even sure exactly what, outside of the starting five, what they're doing with this roster. I mean, the depth they, or lack thereof, the quality depth they have, they got players, they got dudes. But they don't have quality dudes. It is my issue. So I don't know what the bench is doing. And I don't know who's going to be productive off that bench. I don't know. But what I do know is that outside of the big three-ish, uh, Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, you know, uh, aging Kevin Durant, now that's my guy, but he is getting up there in age. You know, and he's becoming more and more brittle year by year. I mean, I'm just, just the facts about it. So I believe that the Suns are way too top heavy to highly compete as, as well. I really do that. I really do believe that. And I don't think that they really understand that depth is going to really matter in the Western Conference, especially. You got to go to your bench and guys need to take nights off and things of that nature. Where, where's the points of production going to come from? Because we saw what, what last year's outfit was without Dev, without Bradley Bill and how burned out Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker were at the end of all that. 
And I just, it's just something that if you're playing a team like the Nuggets, it's going to wear you down. It's going to wear you down. They're going to burn you out early, that you run hot early, ride the wave, and then we're just come in late and steal games. So I think they're really too top heavy to compete. I really do. That bench is, is a mess. I don't, I'm not sure what direction they're trying to go in with that, but it's a mess. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I really believe that that particular bench in you know and in, in what they're doing with that. Who 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 is your sixth man? I, I, it's very you can argue that. I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure. And again, they just got a bunch of guys. They're just trying to throw in there and make it work. And they don't have not to me. They don't have an identity. You know. So we'll see. I think they'll be highly productive when when the shots are falling for the big three. But but void of that, I think there's you're gonna have big time problems going when you go to your bench. Now, my third, my number three headline for the Western Conference is the Lakers. The Lakers, to me, where this roster is constructed, there will be a top three seed in the West. I really believe that. I think they're they're strong enough and they're deep enough, pause, that they will uh, be able to compete with practically any roster and be versatile enough to be compete with any roster in the, in, the, in this entire league. I really do, I do believe that. They're way better right now as a team who made it to the Western Conference Finals last year than they were uh, a season ago. So I do believe that the Lakers will not only allow LeBron and AD not to have to do everything every night, uh, and which will take the pressure off them and keep them fresh, which will be ultimately you know beneficial for them in the long haul going towards the playoff time frame. But I do believe that they can win games void of LeBron and AD being spectacular. So I think that this team is ready to roll. The ascension of Austin Reeves, the improvement of Rui Hachimura, uh, getting Gabe Vincent, uh, D'Angelo Russell coming back and seeming like he's buying into the defensive side of the ball and uh, and being a better, more efficient offensive player in the preseason, it's going to should bowl well. It should bowl well. Getting, you know, a few other guys, um, you know, uh, like Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, that, I mean, that's, that's again, that this, Rob Pelinka, kudos to him for building this roster and getting a well-rounded and complete roster on the court, and I really believe that this team as a whole unit is going to make noise, and they're going to be a top three seed at, at, at worst. At worst, if they stay healthy and they stay together. So I'm looking forward to the legacy season and how they're going to, how well they're going to go and compete um, down the stretch and early on because they got the Nuggets' first game. Looking forward because they've been chirping back and forth at each other, and it's, it's clear beefing in some type of level of rivalry there. So definitely want to see how that shakes out. Now, talking about the other team in LA, I believe that the, the Clippers, much like the 76ers, are going to be in a lot of turmoil this year. And I believe that the idea of them being a championship level team, even though they're very, uh, uh, I guess you can say, uh, well versed in talent, that their window is closed. I think that ship has sailed with the Kawhi and Paul George uh, dynamic. They can't stay healthy, uh, they can't stay on the court together for any length of time. And I believe that the ship has sailed. I really do. I believe the ship has sailed and the idea of them being, uh, you know, uh, at the forefront of the Western Conference is done. I think that after this year, they're probably going to blow it up. Somebody's going to ask to be out or be traded and they're going to be starting from ground zero. Assuming that they don't figure out this Russell, this James Harden trade. Because um, you got to look at it from the roster because you likely, your best, your third best player is going to be Russell Westbrook at any stretch with Kawhi and, and Paula out and him leading your team and try to win games that his at the level he's at in his career is not going to be a winning model. Just I've seen the first half. I've seen the first half. So I think the Clippers window is close. I think it's done. I think they may be a playoff team this year if they stay healthy enough to 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 win enough games to get there. 
but you know, avoided them trading for James Harden and, sh- and shaking up this roster, which I don't think is good for them either to have James Harden, in my personal opinion. I think that this this that window is closed to be any type of relevant uh winning uh team at this point. And they probably will blow it up after this year. And lastly, the Nuggets. I I you know, out of respect for them and being a champion, they're still a favorite. I think that, you know, I mean, again, you know, I always will say, you know, to to the my last days on earth that, you know, to Ric Flair's comment, to be the man, you got to be the man. You know, so until you beat the man who is the champs and the way they're currently constructed, they only lost one piece. They're running their back with the same unit. So I, until you figure out a way to beat them in seven games, four out of seven games, they're going to be the favorite, in my opinion. And that's it. That's saying with them facing the Lakers and the Bucks. One of y'all got to knock them off. The Lakers lock, knock them off before they get to the finals, or the Bucks knock them off in the finals. But one way or the other, if you don't do it or figure out a way to do it, they're still the favorites. And that's just it. Out of respect. Out of respect for them. You know, Jamal Murray's my guy. Jamal Murray's my guy. So again, until they figure it out and figure out how to derail that dynamic, they're going to be it. They're, they're the guys. They're the guys. So that's my headlines. So tell me what you think in the comments about my headlines. You like them, you love them, you hate them. Was I right? Was I wrong? Let me know which how you feel, especially if I'm talking about your team. Now, let's talk about the starting five. I, Coach Deep is the top 10 starting fives of 2023 and 2024. It's a pretty fluid list there. It's a pretty good list. I, I, I really like where it's at. Shouldn't be no arguments, but again, if, if your team is not as high as you want it to be, I'm sure you're going to beef with me. So let's just, talk, let's just talk about it. Let's get into it. So at number 10, the Portland Trailblazers. I've been talking about this team, and a kudos to the Portland Trailblazers front office for getting a haul for Damian Lillard. They did it in a roundabout way. They didn't deal with directly with one team. They kind of did it, mixed and matched, and you know, I traded for some light for Damian from the Bucks. But what I got back in 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 a chess piece, I can move again to get more draft capital, get more players, and round out this roster. Kudos, because their roster is not only. Solid from a starting five perspective, but it's solid from on the bench. They got dudes on the bench. Unlike the Suns, they got dudes on the bench that can be productive and they're household names. So they're my they're, they're my number 10. Scoot Henderson at, at point guard, Anthony Simons at shooting guard, Shane Sharp at the small four, Jeremy Grant at the power four, and DeAndre Aiden at the five. That's a hell of a lineup. Young in the front in the in the backcourt, young with the ball handlers, but again. The top to bottom, that starting five can put up some points. I'm looking forward to see what Chelsea Phillips can do with this roster because they should be good this year, in my opinion. They could be a dark horse. They'll be a dark horse if somebody put it all together, but they look good and they can be productive. You got, you literally got 20 point scores out of the whole. Everybody, everybody in the starting five can be a 20 point score. Fact. That's just a simple fact. We don't know about Scoot yet because he's a rookie, but his based on his talent, they all can be 20 point scores, in my opinion. So, you get 20 points per out of your starting five. You're doing pretty damn good for yourself. So, yeah, that's my top. That's my number 10. Number nine is Oklahoma's, Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, with Chet Holmgren coming back, solidified this for, for me at number nine. You got Shea Alexander Gilchrist, or Shea Gilchrist Alexander, excuse me, SGA, at the point guard. Josh Giddey at the small forward. Luke Dort at the, at, at Josh Giddey at the small shooting guard. Small forward, Luke Dort. Jalen Williams at the power forward. And Chet Holmgren at the center. Assuming Chet Homer again, because he's still light in the frame, he can stay healthy throughout it, they're going to be formed on roster and be a playoff team again this year. They're going to give people headaches. Because that because that, that's, that point guard, shooting guard, and small forward lineup, that's all 20-point scores. And then Chet Holmgren, who, how well he plays in the paint, 
is going to dictate how good this team ultimately is. But I do believe it's a great starting five. And I think they're highly underrated and they're going to surprise people. And this is one of those teams it's you come in, you know, on a night on a back to back night on a or on a just a random night and you don't you don't take them serious. They will beat you. They will beat you. And I think Shay 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 uh, Gilchrist Alexander could be a dark horse to win MVP if he has the season I think he can have. So look out for them. But I think that's my number nine pick. That's Oklahoma City Thunder. Number eight is the Sacramento Kings. They didn't do much as far as changing their roster around, but again, the roster was formidable all year, and I do like how how like coached by Mike Brown, uh, De'Aaron Fox at the point guard who I absolutely love, which. I still argue that the Lakers should have took him in a draft versus I'm I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not gonna even do it. I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to move past this, but I'm traumatized. I really believe he should have been a Laker. Kevin Herter at the small at the shooting guard, Harrison Barnes at the small forward, Keegan Murray at the power forward, and then Montes, Demontis Sabonis in the center. Again, was a highly productive and great playoff team last year. And I think they're gonna run it back this year with the same level of play. Uh again, they didn't make a whole lot of changes, so you might know what the ceiling is with them when it comes down to the playoffs, but they will make the playoffs, in my opinion. It's a good start of five, and I think they landed my number eight. Number seven is the Clippers. Now, I talked bad about them in my headlines. I did. Um, but it's still, as a way to constru- currently constructed, if they can stay healthy, it's still a decent roster. Still a, decent, de- still a good starting five. If they're all on the court together. You got Russell Westbrook at the point guard, Kawhi Leonard at the shooting guards, Paul George at the small forward, Robert Covington at the power forward, and Ivanka Zubats at the five. Very good team. Very... Very well versed defensively as well. They can score. They can defend. Really well rounded team. They got a solid bench too as well. So I think they got a really good start of five. So I don't think they're going to go far, but I think that on paper they're starting to five is legit at number seven. Number six is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I mean, with the young guys and adding, see, what solidified this for me was adding Max Struess. Max Struess going to the Cavs from the Heat is it was a, is a bonus for them and gives them that that much needed shooting from the outside that they've been lacking. So you got Darius Garland at the point guard, Donovan Mitchell at the two. You got Matt Struess at the small four, Evan Mobley at the power four, and Jared Allen at the five. That's a hell of a starting five. That's a hell of a starting five. Now, I don't know. I feel like there's there's a, maybe a cap or a ceiling there with this team because, again, we've kind of seen it, you know, and I'm not sure if Matt Struess kind of changes or, or push you over the hump as far as being more productive, but I do believe they're going to be good, and that five is legit. That starting five is legit. So that's my number six, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number five is the Phoenix Suns. Again, I talk bad about them again in my headlines because I believe they're top heavy, but this is where it is. Their starting five is still legit. I mean, Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, Josh Okogie, Kevin Durant, and Yusef Nurkic. Hell of a starting five. Hell of a starting five. And again, you probably get 25, maybe 30 out of three of those five guys. And Nurkic is no slouch as a center either. And I think he can defend well with the centers and then in the Western Conference. I think they're going to be just fine with their starters. It's when they go to the bench is the issue, but we're just talking about starting five. So that's my number five pick, the Phoenix Suns at five. Four is the Boston Celtics. I think with Drew Holiday, Derek White in the backcourt, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the front court, and then Christophe Porzingis at the five. I think that's a very formidable uh, starting five. I really do. Um, Drew Holiday being a, a legit point guard, Derek White being a shooting guard slash point guard type, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum just being uh, solid and and. Problematic wings and Crystal Posing assuming health is legit uh, stretch five. So I do believe that's a great roster. And I do believe it's a playoff contending roster. But again, I feel like their bench is going to be their Achilles seal. But again, starting five, absolutely positively jetted number four. Number three, the, the LA Lakers. Powell, uh, I mean, I just, I mean, what can you say? I mean, I talked about them in length in the headlines, but, you know, just looking at the roster from top to bottom, 
And not only having solid depth, but having a great starting five is, is the key in why they landed three for me. D'Angelo Russell at, at point guard, Austin Reeves at shooting guard. LeBron James at small forward, Rui Hashimura at a power forward, and Anthony Davis at a five. And you can miss and match it, but just putting that five out there, join, throwing in Jerry Vanderbilt maybe or some other guys to start um, in certain roles and depending on who you match up with. But again, they're very versatile and they're starting five to compete with anybody, in my opinion, on this list. So I definitely land them in number three. They're definitely legit. And kudos to Rob Palenka for putting that together with his team and keeping it together and making this run and trying to maximize your time with AD and LeBron. Number two <clears throat> is the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks lands in number two for me. I believe that uh, that Damian Lillard's addition can you know put them over the top. Um, I think he's a much uh, more dynamic scoring upgrade from Drew Holiday. So him being a point guard is, and Chris Middleton at the two, who's a legit shooter. Bobby Portis at the three, big three. He's a big small forward. Giannis at the power forward and Brook Lopez at the five. That's a very formidable and and, and problematic uh, starting five to deal with. It really is. It really is. I mean. I just think they just can figure out their chemistry, and the only person they really got to work into the fold is Damian Lillard because everybody else has been together already. So yeah, I think defensively they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to deal with, and offensively they added that extra five power with Damian Lillard who can give you thirty a night. They're definitely ready to go. That starting five is absolutely positively legit, and I can't wait to see it. I'm ready for it and roll it out, and let's see it because I can't wait. But at number one, the Denver Nuggets again, giving us respect to the champs. Gotta respect the champs. And they are rolling back out there, starting five from the championship run. So how can you not put them in one? I mean, I just out of pure and utter respect for the champs. Jamal Mori at point guard, Contavious Caldwell Pope at the two, Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Aaron Gordon at the four, and Nicola Yugo at the five. They ran it all the way into the playoffs and into the championship and one handedly. So yeah, you gotta give the gotta give it up to different nuggets, man. Gotta give them respect. They are the champs and they are who we think they are, and so you derail them. So, again, until you knock them off, they're at the totem, top of the totem pole until further notice. So, boom, there it is, my number one. So, good. Let me know how you feel about this, one to ten. Is your team where they need to be at? Or you think they should be higher than me, lower? And tell me why in the comments, man. And like, comment, subscribe if you have not done so already. And we'll be back next week with another video, man. And if you're looking for me in between shows and my social media links on the on the, on the the screen, if you're looking at this on YouTube, um, if you're listening to us through audio, it is Locked On Defense on Twitter, Locked On Defense Sports on Instagram. The podcast channel is Locked On Defense Podcast. If you need to email me, you email me at LockdownDefenseSports at gmail.com. I schedule for the week as normal. We've got Tuesday Sports Talk with Coach McCready at 9, Eastern Standard. Wednesdays, Wild West Podcast at 7.30 Eastern. Lightning Fast Fantasy Podcast at 9.30 on Wednesday. And, of course, this show, 30-minute lockdown, 11 a.m. on Thursdays. So, check them out. Give me, let me know what you feel about all the content throughout this whole entire uh, gamut. And we'll be back next week with another video. But in the meantime, between time, I'm Coach Divas. Until next week, I'll see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down. <laughs>